Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Welcome back from vacation. It's kind of good to be back. We had a great time. We did, and no one got lost on the beach. We did lose something on the beach, though. I don't know what you're talking about. Seems like there was this rather large wave that I was riding on the boogie board. Unbeknownst to me, you were being tossed and turned underwater up against the sandbar. (laughs) A little busted knee and a loss of the prescription Oakley sunglasses. But hey, I'm all right. It could have been a lot worse. (laughs) That was a fun day, though. The uh, baby was up in the room asleep, Miss Eliane, and Shelby was up there with her. So Jacob and Bethany and you were out in the ocean, and I decided I didn't want to miss the fun. So it was definitely the biggest waves of the whole week. And Jacob brought out two boogie boards, and it seemed... That my boyfriend was having trouble catching the waves. So I decided I was going to show you how to do it. And I jumped in and caught that first wave and flew into the shore. And you were holding my glasses when I did that. And then when I was walking back out, I was caught in the fray of the sandbar. And you had just handed me my glasses back, which I didn't want my glasses back yet because of, oh my goodness, those waves were crashing. But Jacob... I was was ready to ride the wave. Yeah. Well, Jacob said it crashed a good four or five feet over top of my head. I didn't notice it, I guess, because that was the one I chose to ride. And I guess I'm lucky I didn't get tangled up in that wave and get crushed into the sandbar. Bethany said I was saying, somebody get me out of here. I don't remember saying that. But anyway, it was still fun. It was a good time with the family and our first trip with grandbaby Ellie Yeah, and I appreciate all of our athletes giving us a little grace as we uh, took a short break. But we couldn't help ourselves. We were still checking everybody's workouts every day just to make sure everyone was okay. Yeah, yeah. So we went ahead and planned a, a few weeks out and then made adjustments along the way. Mm-hmm. But we bypassed doing our individual athlete notes for a couple of weeks in our team note. But we're back from vacation. We're hard at it. Yep. Everybody's going to get their weekly note this week. And I know they look forward to that feedback. And we enjoy reviewing the data and giving them that feedback. Yeah. So can we talk about our favorite moment in the Olympics this past week? Let's do, do it. Do you have a favorite moment? So I have two favorites. Is that okay? Yes. The first is the men's individual cycling time trial. Primoz Roglic ended up winning that by a large margin. Who? Primoz Roglic from Slovakia. I just wanted you to have to say that again. And I've been rooting for him since the 2020 Tour de France when he led most of the event, but 
on the individual time trial on stage 20. Tadia Pogacha, also from Slovakia. Pogacha, gotcha. He got He got him and rode into Paris to win. So it was redemption for Primoz Roglic. And then the second was the men's triathlon in the Olympics. First of all, it started off unusual with them having to call the triathletes back to restart the swim after <laughs> the starter didn't recognize there was a boat in front of a third of the athletes. But the winner was Christian Blumenfeld. And just the uh, thrill that he had at being the winner, it was just really inspiring. He was extremely excited. I think maybe the most shocked person that he won was him. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? What have been some of your favorite Olympic events or Olympic moments? Well, my very favorite this past week was the little 17-year-old rising senior in Alaska. She won the 100-meter breaststroke, and her teammate, Lily King, was the defending champion from the previous Olympics, and she was also in the race and seated a little higher from the prelims. But this little Alaskan girl, Lydia Jacoby, won it. And it was very exciting. And they showed a clip from the watch party at her high school. And those kids, you can tell she is a well-loved student at that school. Those kids were elated. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Her winning, but then also their excitement. Yes. And the commentator said, which I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or if it was true, that there is only one... 50-meter pool in the state of Alaska, and it's really not close to where Lydia Jacoby lives. So I think she trains in either a 25-yard or 25-meter pool. Although they were also joking that she trains with the whales, but I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's false. (laughs) But that was by far my... Water's too cold. Yeah, that was by far my favorite moment. Yeah. So the Tour de France has wrapped up since the last time we did a podcast. Yes, it has. And it was another exciting 21 stages. You don't seem to agree with me. (laughs) I'm going to let you just roll with this. It was very exciting. Down to the finish, which I'm going to talk about briefly later in the podcast. All right. I'm looking forward to it. That's kind of like a cliffhanger there. Yeah. So the topic that I was hoping we would discuss today is this is going to hurt a little. You ever had somebody say that to you? Yes. Like the doctor's office Mm -hmm. or the dentist. This is going to hurt a little. Well, in endurance sports, sports in general, if you are really challenging yourself, whether it's to push yourself harder or farther or trying a new event, it's likely it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. It might hurt a little bit. But life is full of changes, and change can be difficult. But when you make the decision to get off the couch and exercise, it just might be difficult. It might hurt. But after a while, your body adapts and you start craving the exercise. You can stay where you're at at that point, or you can push yourself to go farther or faster or try something new. Are you ready to take on a new challenge? Always. Yeah. I've been thinking about a new challenge. Am I aware of what this is? You are. Oh, okay. I've been thinking about ultramarathoning. I've seen the book you're reading. Yeah. We've got a good friend who 
is an ultra marathoner and we're going to go be part of his support crew and that's going to be very exciting and educational looking forward to it yep i feel like there will be a lot of opportunity for education you know it's not a 50 miler or a 100 miler no it's the moab 240 yeah i'm not ready for that but our friend is and we're ready to go support him yes Somebody asked me this week about minimalist running, and I suggested, I'm kind of taking a tangent here, but it it ties in. I suggested just taking it slow to avoid an injury, but then I also asked, well, why are you thinking about minimalist running? And the response was that I just want to be more natural, and I'm looking for a fun new adventure. Just like with anything new that you do, it's a good idea to start off slow and gradual to avoid overdoing something and getting hurt. So hopefully this person will heed that advice and it might hurt, but hopefully there won't be any injuries involved. Yeah, if I'm looking for a new adventure, I'm probably not going to change up my shoes because I feel like I have found the type of shoe that works well for me. So I'm not going to shed them. (laughs) No, no. But hey, to each his own. I yeah. wish him the best in the new adventure. Yeah, I mentioned to him that I began triathlon as a new adventure after a long career of running. So once you make a decision that you're going to make a change and you're going to push yourself in a new direction or to go beyond your current limits, you know, it might be difficult, it might hurt. And once you get that realization, you're really ready to progress. You need to just know going into it that there's going to be some rough times, but when you come out on the other end, you're going to look back and it's it's going to be worthwhile. So whether you're swimming or you're biking or you're running, there are going to be times in a workout or in a race where you're really stressing your body. In swimming, the struggle may be in the arms and the shoulders, pulling yourself forward through the water, or it may be your heart and your lungs tricking your mind into thinking you can't survive on the oxygen you're bringing in, it's going to hurt. So as far as swimming goes, when I first dove into the sport... Nice, nice. (laughs) I like that. I was surprised at how much my cardio had to adapt because as a runner and already having been cycling some as well, I felt like my cardio was in great shape. But what I realized is my upper body did not have the level of condition that my lower body did and I guess those muscles just needed more oxygen and plus the breathing pattern is so different so it was definitely some pain in the lungs until I increased my upper body fitness and learned to breathe continuously while swimming. Yeah and I think part of the the pain in swimming is just nervousness and 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 inability to relax, but there's definitely some difficult times when you get started with swimming and when you push yourself really hard. But over time, you're, like you're saying, your arms will adapt, your mind, your heart, your lungs relax, accepting the oxygen and expelling the CO2 as you glide through the water. So on the bike, it may hurt as you push yourself to keep up with other riders. Your quads may burn, your calves may burn, your hamstrings may burn. It's going to hurt when you tackle a big climb, but in either case, your body will adapt 
and riding with a group or pounding up a hill will become easier, but it's going to hurt a little. And then on the run, you can run easy all the time and maintain really good fitness. But if you want to break personal best or be competitive, you're going to have to do some challenging runs. Your legs may tell you to stop and your heart and your lungs may tell you to stop. But it's only when you leave your comfort zone that you really realize your potential. Being an athlete and especially an endurance athlete is very physical. That's quite obvious, but it's also very mental. So I wanted to do a little bit of research and share some famous quotes, maybe not famous quotes, quotes from famous athletes related to greatness and not giving up when it gets hard. Yeah, and just before we jump right into that, I just want to go back through this a little bit. You mentioned the phrase, glide through the water. And as I've watched the Olympics, they do. They make it look smooth and effortless and gliding. But you can just tell when they touch the wall at the end, they are wrecked. Like, they're looking smooth and looking like they're gliding, but they are out of their comfort zone and they are experiencing a little bit of hurt. And I'm sure to get to the level that they are, they've had a lot of uncomfortable moments in their training in previous competitions. I think we've mentioned this before too, and I think it came up when we interviewed Mike Hillier. The same thing holds true with running is the best runners and the fastest runners, they look relaxed and smooth but they are also putting themselves in a pain cave they've just learned to handle it yeah yeah when you were talking about the olympic swimmers it reminds me of a workout that someone suggested i do to improve my swimming many years ago it was painful the workout was on the first 25 breathe every second stroke on the second 25 breathe every fourth stroke and then on the third 25 every sixth stroke and the fourth 25 every eighth stroke and my body my mind my lungs weren't ready to stay underwater for eight strokes that was painful yeah that would make that swimming session become anaerobic very quickly and for endurance athletes you got to be in the aerobic range if you're going to go very far but that definitely teach you to work when you've gotten out of that aerobic zone. Yeah, so one of the ways that it makes you work is increase your cadence so that you can take your next breath. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Yes. But that was a difficult workout. We may start assigning that to you again. Mm, fun times. <laughs> All right, let's start with some of the famous people and their quotes. So the first is from Babe Ruth. And according to Wikipedia, the, the Bambino still holds the slugging percentage record from nearly a century ago. It's hard to believe. But one time he said, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. And really, if you think about it, to, to be the best at any sport, you've got to have that mindset. And, and like you said, Mike Hillier talked about toughness. You've got to have the mindset that I'm going to do what it takes in the moment. Yeah, when you mentioned that, it immediately made me think of two things. One is our podcast on know when to hold them and know when to fold them because there are some times that you've got to fold it, especially if there's an injury involved. And it also makes me think of all of the social media tweets and conversation around Simone Biles right now because for whatever reason... 
and it's really up to her and her coaches, not up to all the opinions on the Twitter, but she did, I guess, to the eyes of many, would say, give up. But sometimes that's the wise decision. It doesn't make her a hero. It doesn't make her a villain. It just, for her and her coaches, she made a decision that was going to be best for her moving forward. And it's just amazing to me how people love to take somebody's very personal things that they're dealing with and turn it into a debate or a crisis. Yeah, I think the perspective we should take on that is that she was doing what was best for the team. She didn't feel like she was in a mental or physical state to be able to perform at a high enough level to represent the United States and her other teammates, she felt like were better prepared. So that was a huge sacrifice for her. Yeah, and whatever her motivation was, again, she made a decision. And I think we just need to respect the decisions of these athletes. I mean, if anybody wanted to compete, it was her. She's been training for this almost her entire life. And she's been very successful in the sport. And I just think people need to not be so judgy. I agree. So the next famous person is famous for several quotes, but also for his gutsy running performances. It's Steve Prefontaine, or often called Pre. And he held American records from the 2-mile to the 10K uh, for a long time. And he competed in the 1976 Olympics. So there's quite a few quotes from him. To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I think that applies well beyond the realm of sports. I mean, we give our best to our family. We give our best. We try to give our best with our hearts and serving the Lord. We try to give our best with our jobs and careers. We definitely want to put forth our best with our athletes from day to day. So that just applies to so much in our lives. Yeah, and I think it also implies being smart to be your best. You have to be smart about what you do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and we've talked about this before, but in 2013, when I was running the monumental marathon and snapped my femur, Like, there were so many warning signs prior to miles 24 and a half when it broke. But was I really giving my best or was I just not making a smart decision? (laughs) And so there's a difference in those two things. Yeah. Another quote. The best pace is a suicide pace. And today looks like a good day to die. Yeah, that sounds a lot like (laughs) Prefontaine. I've seen a few little documentaries about him and... I don't really agree with that, but I get his point. He's known for gutsy running, and the other quotes allude to that as well. But yeah, that one's a little morbid. Yeah, and I think what he's just trying to say is, given equal abilities, those who are willing to suffer a little more are going to be the ones who cross the finish line. I mean, but there obviously are some natural abilities in play. I mean... I'm never going to be able to beat the Shaq in basketball game. Obviously, I wasn't born with his basketball abilities and size and those things. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to beat him in a game of horse horse or free throw shots. Not likely. Another quote from Pre. Somebody may beat me, but they are going to have to bleed to do it. 
<laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. A lot of people run a race to see who is fastest. I run to see who has the most guts, who can punish himself into exhausting pace, and then at the end, punish himself even more. I'm going to say that's probably still Prefontaine. Oh, it is. <laughs> yes. But it's just amazing when you're watching the Olympics or you're watching the Tour de France, how athletes put in a surge and maybe it, it doesn't succeed and somebody catches them and then they put in another surge. And anyway, it's just amazing how far someone can push themselves. Have to have a lot of grit. All right, I've got a few more from Pre. If you can't win your race, make sure the guy ahead of you breaks the record. I'm going to work so that it's a pure guts race at the end. And if it is, I am the only one who can win it. Wow. There's a little bit of confidence, maybe some arrogance <laughs> in there. But he proved he was very deep in the guts category. No matter how hard you train... Somebody will train harder. No matter how hard you run, somebody will run harder. No matter how hard you want it, somebody will want it more. I am somebody. I'm guessing we're still on Prefontaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He knew how to absorb the hurt. And maybe he gained energy by it as well. And the last one from Pre. Something inside of me just said... Hey, wait a minute. I want to beat him. And I just took off. That reminds me of when you were racing the Boonville Olympic Triathlon with me. You were on the run with me and you would point out a girl ahead of me. Like, go get her. Go get her. Yeah. <laughs> For which I was trying, but whew, sometimes it's hard to hit that next gear when you're exhausted. Yeah. So... Still a little shocked when I found out I was the first female overall. Way to go, girlfriend. That day. I guess that girl ahead of me was doing the sprint distance. <laughs> yeah, it was a multi-lap course. Yeah. You, you probably knew that. No, I didn't know. <laughs> I have no idea. The next famous person who has a quote that I'd like to share is Bill Rogers. Bill was the four-time Boston Marathon winner and four-time New York City Marathon winner. And I've got just a little tangent story about Bill Rogers. Not to be confused with Fred Rogers. Not to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good movie that Tom Hanks was in that was about Fred Rogers. So we digress, but it was pretty cute. Yeah. So a friend of mine named Jimmy and his friend Don went to a 10K race in Cincinnati, Ohio because they learned that Bill Rogers was going to be there. This was back in 1981. And as I mentioned, Rogers had won the Boston Marathon. Uh, at that time, he had won it in 78, 79, and 80. And after Rogers won the 10K, Jimmy and Don found out what hotel Bill was staying at and paid him a visit. They said that they knocked on the door and Bill let them into his room and just carried on a conversation with them for 10 or 15 minutes. And Don got an autograph, but Jimmy says he really wasn't that interested in Bill's autograph. And then another story related to Bill Rogers. One year you were doing the Disney Marathon, you and your squad, and I was down there running point point trying to take pictures and be the cheerleader. And at one point I decided to take 
a shortcut to try to get to the next point on the course. <laughs> How'd that work? Well, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know which Disney accommodation area I was in, but I was running on the sidewalk and I was all by myself and I see a, a guy running towards me on the sidewalk and as he approached, I thought to myself, that's Bill Rogers running towards me. You said, self? That's Bill Rogers running toward me. I pretty much did. And unfortunately, I was in a hurry to see you. So I, otherwise, I would have turned around and ran with him, carried on a conversation. And then I would be able to say, hey, I ran with Bill Rogers. Assuming it was him. It was him. <laughs> but I, all I did was I said hi as I was passing by. I know it was him. You should have turned around. I mean, let's let's put this in perspective. I was out running with my three best running friends, having a good old time. You could have turned around and run with Bill Rogers for a few minutes. Because, just think about, in comparison, when you went into the Green Bay Packers Stadium without me. <laughs> All right, we're digressing. So the rest of the Disney Marathon story is I got lost Maybe this is a pattern. <laughs> and I ended up catching a bus and a boat <laughs> and eventually getting to the finish line, which was at Epcot. I thought I'd be able to just cut through the grass and navigate my way over to the park. but Ride the alligators. There was a part of my orienteering <laughs> where I was going through some trees and there was a creek next to me and I... I thought for sure there could be alligators there. And if one of them jumped up and snapped me, you would never find me. <laughs> that is true. You should have run with Bill Rogers. I should have run with Bill Rogers. <laughs> All right, next time I will. But the one quote from Bill, if you want to win a race, you have to go a little berserk. You got any thoughts on that quote? <laughs> I'm kind of speechless on that quote. I think what he's saying is sometimes you push yourself to a limit that is unthinkable. All right, moving on. Eddie Merckx. He is a famous professional cyclist from a few years ago. He won about every race at least once. His name came up often this year in the Tour de France. Mark Cavendish tied Eddie Merckx's record for the most tour stage wins, but unfortunately, Mark was unable to surpass the current record of 34 Tour de France stage wins on the final stage, stage 21 on the Champs-Élysées. He ended up, Mark Cavendish ended up finishing third, which is just amazing because he retired and he came out of retirement and nobody expected him to even win one stage, let alone four or potentially five stages. But back to Eddie Merckx. Well, considering that was one of the last stage... Yeah. And nobody changes their ranking on the last day, right? Previous Tour de France races, the teams are just chatting. They're cutting up. The yellow jersey and teammates are crossing the line with champagne glasses in their hands. It was all business this year. Oh, man. If it only had been fun and games, I'm sure the camaraderie of the group would have just... Let him get number 35. Well, there's often a sprint on stage 21, but this year they were racing hard pretty much the entire day. It I was mean, it was incredible. Let the guy go out yeah. with the record. Come on. 
Now he's got to come back next year to break the record. And he dominated this year. He may have been a little skewed because of the Olympics and maybe some strong cyclists were saving up for the Olympics. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Uh, Mark did great. But back to Eddie Merckx, famous cyclist. Uh, I've got just a couple of quotes from him. Cyclists live with pain. If you can't handle it, you will win nothing. Have you had any painful experiences riding that didn't involve a wreck? I mean, just time trials. Racing some time trials. I've had some pain in my lungs and burning in my legs. Yeah, we went for a little drive earlier this afternoon. and Oh, I about went into heart palpitations. We were at what we typically use as a start of our cycling time trial. And I was getting, I was kind of getting pumped up. I wish I had my bicycle. I was afraid he had hidden my bike. We were supposed to go jet skiing, but I was afraid maybe he was tricking me and hidden my bike and we were about to do a surprise time trial. But we went jet skiing. Yeah. No pain involved with jet skiing. But you're right. A time trial is one of those efforts where you need to push yourself into some, some pain. And Just to other, test your limits. The other time, which normally on a real long course, when I'm going to do a triathlon, because I don't race bikes unless I'm in a triathlon, which is different. But when I did the relay for the half distance, oh boy, my legs were in pain when I finished that. But your teammates were counting on you. Yes, and uh, my legs didn't work for, I don't know, a good 30 minutes after I got off that bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another Eddie Merckx. Quote, don't buy upgrades, ride upgrades. No, that's a good one. That's a pretty good one. So whether it's riding up hills or running uphill or even swimming up current, it's really hard. And it reminds me of this uh, swim accessory that a friend of ours let us borrow for our pool. (laughs) It's a strap that you tie around your waist and you connect it to like the ladder on the pool so that you can swim in place in a pool. And that is really hard. That's kind of like swimming upstream. So another famous athlete that I'd like to quote is Lance Armstrong, who was the seven-time winner of the Tour de France. He said, I believe that the mind powers the body. And once the mind says we want to do it, then the body will follow. And I think to some extent that's true. But there are times when we need to listen to our body. But as far as the mind powering your body, this morning on my 2 hour and 15 minute progression run, in that last 15 minutes, I just thought, I can't do this. I'm too tired. Which was my mind saying that. So then I got to thinking, well, am I really that tired? So once again, I started thinking about my breathing, and I was still in a inhale, three beats, exhale, two beats pattern. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. And so my mind just told my body it was fine, and I quit being a baby. Just quit being a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Another saying from Lance Armstrong is, if you worried about falling off the bike, you'd never get on. And we both had bike accidents, and we recently heard that two people we know here locally have been in bike wrecks. 
it's a part of being a cyclist and nobody wants to get in an accident but it is sometimes unavoidable another quote from lance armstrong pain is temporary it may last a minute or an hour or a day or a year but eventually it will subside and something else will take its place if i quit however it lasts forever what do you think about that quote well i guess i'm thinking about why you made a decision to quit i mean eventually we all quit our jobs and retire but in the context of endurance sports the same thing at some point you may reach a time when you no longer choose to compete or no longer able to compete but if you're talking about a like a particular event that you're in or a particular workout like your progression run if you had given in to your thoughts that you couldn't continue or that it was too difficult you may have had regrets later yeah maybe i just think forever is a long time i think i kind of understand what he's saying if i'm in a race and again i think about the carmel marathon that kelly and i just did recently it was miserable from the gate so I made the conscious decision to push through the pain. And again, it wasn't physical injury pain. It was just everything felt heavy and off. But I ended up Boston qualifying by more than 11 minutes because by mile 18, I felt amazing. But if early in the race, I had quit. Then I guess in the sense that I guess that would have lasted forever for that one race. But so in that context, I kind of understand it. Yeah, and I think if you give in to your desire to ease the discomfort, then it may become easier the next time to do the same thing again and again. All right, moving on to another athlete, Michael Phelps. He has 23 gold medals and holds the world record in the 400-meter individual medley. So before you go on to his quote, I just can't get over the scraggly beard. You know, he's at the Olympics and kind of talking us through swimming and like he just has so much information and it's interesting what he's saying but I guess because he was a swimmer we always saw him just clean shaven so just can't get used to that beard. (laughs) So here's one of the quotes from Michael Phelps. I think goals should never be easy. They should force you to work even if they are uncomfortable at the time. And I think about you know one of the reasons we started the RYR endurance team is we wanted to help people reach big goals and everybody's big goals may be different but it should be something that's challenging and that's why we're here to help and challenging is different for different people and different athletes like we have some athletes it's challenging just for them to have their actions match their motivation and just getting out the door to do workouts is challenging We have athletes who have specific time goals in mind for specific distances, and I think they'll get there, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight because it's a stretch goal. Yeah. So another quote from Michael Phelps. I think that everything is possible as long as you put your mind to it and you put the work and time into it. I think your mind really controls everything. And I think about the accomplishments that... Michael Phelps had just the amazing swimming career he's had and I mean he has so much natural ability as well but 
just some really strong mental fortitude in practice and in competition. Yeah, I know Mike Hilliard mentioned that too as being a key to his success is almost overnight his times dropped and his fitness didn't change, but his grit and attitude changed, his mindset changed. All right, moving on to another famous athlete, Chris McCormick. He's a two-time winner of Kona, and one of his quotes was, success in the sport is, above all else, about enduring suffering. He might be related to Prefontaine. Maybe. And that gets back to how we started this podcast, where it's going to hurt. And then he also says, when the pain comes, you know what I do? I smile. (laughs) So yeah, that sounds a lot like Prefontaine gaining energy or in enjoying the pain. I've got a long list of athletes here. That's Moving good. right along. Chrissy Wellington, a four-time Kona champion, she is quoted as saying, No one should ever be afraid of failing. It's being afraid to give it your all in trying that I urge against. If there's one thing I have learned, particularly in my life as an athlete, it is that our limits may not be where we think they are. And even when we think We've finally reached them. The next time we go there exploring, we often find that they've moved again. Yeah, so when we, we set our goals and we reach them, then we set new goals and we strive towards those. And we like to say in our coaching, we take incremental steps. Start where you are and be patient and consistent and you'll see incremental growth. Yeah, and I think it's hard, too. Sometimes in an organized competition where there are competitors around, it's a little bit easier to push yourself. But where you're going to get gains is week over week when you have those key up-tempo workouts that you're really willing to challenge yourself, especially in those VO2 max workouts. The finding failure workouts? Yes. (laughs) So Chrissy Wellington is also quoted as saying, There's an importance of keeping an open mind. The brain is programmed to protect us, and that can mean imposing limits on what it thinks we can or should do. Constantly push at those limits because the brain can be way too cautious. That makes me think back to what we were talking about earlier about swimming and breathing and how your mind thinks that you're not going to have enough oxygen but you really do. It's part physical, but it's part mental. You just need to relax and not let the mind impose unnecessary limits on yourself. Yeah, I think we've talked about this as well. When you're in the heat of competition and it's feeling painful, a lot of times your mind will start trying to bargain and have you take the deal to slow down, and you always regret taking those deals later. And Chrissy Wellington has one more quote I'm going to share, and that is, When things are tough, you get tougher. And that reminds me of a scripture. It is Romans chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. Through him, being Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then I had one last famous athlete to quote, and that is Mo Farah, the most successful British track athlete. He's quoted as having said, don't dream of winning, train for it. And I think we should do both. Yeah, and winning is defined differently for different people. For an elite, talented athlete such as him, it literally means crossing the finish line first. But for us and many of our athletes, it's reaching that next milestone and continually improving. We often talk to our athletes about race preparation and having a written plan and testing it. And part of what you are going to experience on race day is you're going to face some mental challenges and you're going to face some physical challenges as well. We need to go through those same situations in training so that we can know how to respond on race day when our mind tells us it's too hard or our muscles start to ache, but we know it's not an injury. They're just tired and we need to understand that it's going to hurt just a little and press on. This reminds me of something we heard at church recently. There was a song called Your Love Never Fails by Jesus Culture, and it says, There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. That comes from Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. And then also there was a reference to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. So it may hurt for a little while, but there's something better on the other side. If you're interested in being part of the conversation, look for us on Facebook. Search for RYR Endurance Team, and we will let you into the group. And you can ask questions, you can comment on the podcasts, or you can make suggestions on future podcast topics. We'd love to hear from you. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.